Brandon, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Mr. K. How are you? Good, man. Welcome to the Spots of Love podcast. Um, you're one of my one of the favorites that I had lined up that I couldn't wait to talk to. So I'm super glad that you decided to do this for me. Uh, I'm very grateful. So thank you. Hey, sure. No problem. I'm excited for this. Yeah, we were just talking uh, about that that stand up Barney behind you. Where is that an actual like was that from a from kind of like the displays in a store kind of thing or was is that from something different? Do you know? That would be my guess. Uh, the guy who I bought it from didn't have much of a description for it. Like, oh, it's just a stand-in that I guess would be used for store displays and stuff. I remember I posted this in uh, Barney Retro Collectors, which is another Facebook group. Um, yeah. And Joseph Hernandez uh, gave me a little insight on that. Like, yeah, they'd have these in stores or they'd have these displayed around the office of like publishing cool. and things yeah. like that. So there, it might be. I wish I had more information on them, but. Yeah, with the, cool, with the hat cool thing. On, yeah, with the hat on, it looks like like if it was a store thing, like it would be either for what um, Good Day, Good Night, or the Sleepy Time album that they did. Yeah, that that would that would it looks like this was taken when they were doing the shots for that album. So yeah, maybe this was for that. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Is it's not how tall does it stand? Is it like only like a four, four or five foot? It's about four and a half. Um, I'm like five eleven, and I come a little bit over his hat, so. But he's pretty. He's pretty tall. Okay. Nice, man. That's super dope. I like that. Um, Thanks. As we get started here on this on this podcast, uh, the one thing that I usually do with everyone is just start from the very beginning. So I'll ask you the same question I usually ask everyone else. Um, do you remember? Um, and if you do remember um, your introduction to Barney, what that experience was like experiencing Barney for the first time. Or what's your earliest memory of Barney, if you don't remember that introduction? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could remember that first introduction to that. Um, well, Barney was obviously around before me, but I have three older sisters. Um, mm -hmm. So my, my oldest sister, she was born in 1983. Um, and she, you know, she grew up with more Mr. Rogers, the Sesame era and all that stuff. Yeah. And my second sister, she was born in 1989. So that's kind of when Barney hit. Um yeah, and uh, and I think she was my oldest sister. She was passing through like channels and stuff, and she wound it up on PBS and found this is when Barney started airing on PBS in 1992. And she said, "Hey, there's a there's this show on, and I think uh, Stephanie might like it." So she kind of raced her like, "Come look at this!" And they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like so, they she fell in love with it. And then I, yeah. my sister born after her, she was born in '94, and then Barney was already big at that point, as we all know. Uh, mm -hmm. And so Barney, when I came around in 98, he was just kind of tossed to me. So I think I just always had him around and just sure. he just stuck more with me. Um, so I don't have that much in terms of earliest memories, but I, I just remember him always being around me. Dope. Yeah, I've shared on this podcast a few times. That's kind of that was my same. We kind of have the same story. I have one older sibling. He was born in 92, but he was a Barney fan. And so it was from the moment I was born, it was just part of my life. And I just stayed with it a lot longer than, than him or anyone else in the family did. Um, but yeah, we also had that generational kind of thing where it just kind of got passed down. Um, and then I did the same thing at my grandma's daycare, yeah. just passing it on to the other generations of kids. Um, so yeah, that's a cool, I think we have a lot of, maybe not a lot, but there's a few times that we've talked where we have uh, a, a few commonalities when it has, when it comes to Barney, that being one of them. Um, but also, I tell the story of how I used to imitate the show and stand in front of the TV. And I believe you did that same thing, right? 
I I did, and it was very crazy hearing someone else say that because I was like, "Hey, I'm not the weird one in the group anymore." But uh, yeah. Y- yeah, it was it it hit me in a in a different way. I think you know, I think everyone else watched that show as a kid, you know, just like learning their letters and numbers and how to be polite and things like that. I watched it even from a very young age. I watched it from the eyes of a performer. Yeah, because I I just had the need and want to want to perform, and just the way. Barney moved and his voice and everything like you know I would imitate it to the point where from start to finish I would be locked in to that character you know I'd be obviously doing the doing the dances and doing the songs but I would also watch you know how Barney moved when he's talking how he moved when he's not talking you know certain ways Bob would inflect lines and how David would gesture to them whether it's David Josh Carey or Maurice whoever was in the suit to the point where I was like, I could emulate any voice, any suit. If you just, even to this day, if yeah. you just played me a random scene, I could quote it back to you. Yeah. Don't test me now, but you know, I, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly it for me too. I, you know, you've met my daughters uh, or my youngest daughter and yes. um, she watches Barney and Mr. K all the time. That's it. So watching Barney, I can not be in the room at all. I can listen to whatever, it's like for me it's so it's so wild because i can listen to whatever the score is without hearing talking and know mm-hmm. what video or episode is playing just because of the little the differences that each one had they were kind of the same uniform if bob singleton did them or uh, joe phillips when it came to music but each of them right. still had their own yeah. unique sound so yeah like i'm the same way i can hear a line or just some music or something and know exactly what episode um that it is i can't do the voice anymore i used to as a kid i could watch backyard gang barney or uh riff era barney and imitate the voice just like that but my voice has gotten so deep now that i can't i can't even do it anymore i wish i could yeah (laughs) um one weird thing that i used to do with uh and i wonder if you did this too when i imitated and acted out barney um (laughs) i would do these things i never when i was young enough to not realize that it was a costume um Mm -hmm. there was there would be times where where David sometimes he would forget, or if you had like a Maurice Scott or somebody in the costume, they wouldn't move the mouth so much. Um, yeah, there's times where like David would forget to move the mouth or not necessarily forget, he just didn't move the mouth for a line. So when I would imitate it, I would say the line without moving my mouth too, because I'm like, that's what Barney did. And if I'm Barney, then I can't move my mouth and say this line. Did you ever do that type of stuff? Uh, you know, uh, n- some somewhat uh when i uh would do it i would obviously say the lines as he's saying them and i kind of wouldn't pay yeah. too much attention to the mouth um you know i was just speaking and i was mostly just emulating stuff with my hands but there would be certain times if i'm watching yeah if i would watch like a maurice scott episode or like maybe like early david doing barney yeah. you know i'd kind of you know i he would just do a lot of bobbing so i would do that as i'm talking <laughs> yeah but once he once he yeah. added more and sing, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna talk this through. Yeah, man, yeah, it's so I would kind of emulate that bounce. Yeah, it's so strange that we that we have those connections because you do think, you know, when you're growing up, you're the only person that's doing this this random thing, and you do think like it's kind of weird, but you enjoy it, so it's like it's it's cool to you. But when you think back on it, you're like, man, this is kind of a weird thing to do. Uh, but then to hear mm-hmm. other people, you're you're the first person that I had ever that you ever reached out to me and said like. I think after I did Purple Roads with Carrie, you mentioned like yeah. I used to do some of the same stuff. Um, but there's been other people that I've talked to since then who did the exact same thing. So it's just so strange um, okay. that we share that commonality. Um, but I think that just kind of speaks to who Barney is, right? Because for me, 
that's where I found my love for music and acting and wanting to be an actor and make music. My earliest yeah. memories of doing of that was imitating this show and all the music and things that that entailed. You're a puppeteer. Um, and I, I like to say that you're a professional puppeteer um, at this point. Is do you think that's where your love for puppeteering kind of stemmed from? Is is trying to emulate being Barney and that kind of thing? Oh, definitely. I think because um, you know that was a lesson in you know character study. Yeah. You know, it was it was more than just doing the voice. Like I said, it was you know kind of watching how he moved when he's talking, how he moved when he's not talking. You know, Barney's Barney has a thought process. You know that yeah. most people, if you have the performing eye, you can catch that. And you know, definitely. I think, you know, obviously Scooter and Masetta and the Muppets and all those characters definitely helped along the way. But Barney was my first introduction to I wanted to be a performer. Not so much puppetry, but I wanted to be more of an actor. Sure. Um, as myself. But I was also just a very shy kid. And I'm still very, believe it or not, I'm still a very shy person. But, you know, put a puppet on me, you won't know who I am. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I was doing that stuff, acting out Barney, I was doing that in, like, the privacy of my basement or, like, my room with the door locked and the TV turned up loud. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. uh you know, I was not keen on doing that. And I think I found that when I found out puppetry could be a job, you know, mm -hmm. then I was like, oh my gosh, I can finally take everything I've been doing, you know, these weird character movements, these voices and, you know, and just put it all, I had to learn, you know, the technique of doing it this way, but it finally yeah. gave me such a more freeing environment to do that. And Barney was definitely that lightning bolt that struck me and said, I need to do this. For sure. Um, when we talk about Barney, do you have you? You said it was in. It got passed down to you through your sisters, and you were born in kind of like the towards the end of the '90s. So Barney was already this huge established character oh, yeah. and show. Do you have a favorite era of Barney um, that you prefer over others? Definitely uh, the second era, so seasons four through six. Yeah, uh, that was that was my my jam i mean i had some stuff from the early seasons and you know i could connect with it in a way but you know th this was like ongoing and by the time i came around like this is 98 so this is like i mean you don't have much memory when you're an infant so that's like towards the end right. of season five season six and then by the time i could finally get like mental capacity of what i'm watching it's like okay mm -hmm. this is 2000 two through the, through 2002 so this is like reruns all day of seasons four through six so i got oh, cool. to see everything and then like home videos that were still coming out at the time like i remember i remember buying seeing at the store come on over to barney's house i remember seeing that on the yeah. shelves and taking it home and i was like oh my gosh this is and hearing and also you know not knowing too much like barney's real to me but then like watching like a Duncan or Tim episode, like something's wrong here, but I, yeah. I can't quite figure out what it is. Uh, but yeah, that was my, my whole era was that, and you know, the home videos at that time were just more immaculate mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of the sets. Uh, uh, oh, shit. Even, even going back watching to this day, like, oh my gosh, they were at their prime during that time. Yeah. yeah dude, they definitely had the, the money and the, the willpower to produce these, fantastic looking looking home videos um something that i don't think any children's um sesame street did a lot of and i think they still do some home videos and things but you know follow that bird and elmo and grouchland they did some very like elaborate videos as well um i don't yeah, think yeah. any children's shows outside of those two before that or after have really done much of that unless they're animation then you can make these really big but being a live action show and having these elaborate sets or going to these on location spots, 
um, Barney and, and even Sesame Street really pushed the envelope for what children's television could be. Um, just making home videos. They weren't even theatrical releases. Forgetting Great Adventure and those things. Just home videos, just straight to store, uh, direct to consumer kind of things. Um, yeah. They really were all into those videos. So that I think that is my favorite era when it comes to home videos specifically. What a world we share. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of those, all those videos were just like, were immaculate for what they were. Um, you said that you could when when Duncan and those guys started coming around and Bob left, and you could tell the difference that it was a different person doing the voice. I, I, I could, because there were certain, um, you know, like I said, studying him so hard, you kind of notice those little, like, little things, like those little earbuds. You could just tell when something was a little off, especially in those videos, because it was Duncan singing and then Tim speaking. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll see if I can get this right. To, to go talking like this, hi, everybody. <laughs> and then, <laughs> now we're singing up here. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, oh, there's something there's something a little bit off pitch, but it's like a, not off pitch in a bad way, just like a little higher. It's like oh, he, he turned into Chuck E. Cheese in two seconds. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, what's what's strange is I never I realized the voice changes, but in my mind it was always the same person. Oh yeah, like yeah. I didn't watch I didn't watch Barney like the credits and things. Like when it was over, I took it out and it was time for another one to go in. So even when and I've, I think other fans think that I'm strange for this, but when Dean Wint came around, I thought it was still that I, I thought it was still Bob until I got older and realized, oh, these are different people. I just thought his voice kept evolving because you think Bob West from season from season or Musical Castle is a different voice of Bob West than we had heard on the series to me. But that voice coming from Backyard Gang was a vast difference, right? So it wasn't far fetched for me that he could have made his voice even higher as he evolved it. It wasn't until I got older and really looked at the credits that I realized, oh, yeah. man, these are actually different people. Yeah, and you're not much of a critic as a kid. You know, you kind of, yeah. you know, we're just weird. We're performers, so we kind of hear that. But we, we still see him as a character. Like, I remember, I remember when the first episode of season seven aired. You know, I, I think I remember some promotion for it in terms yeah. of like, okay, a new season of Barney or maybe something like that. I just, it was like, oh, Barney's coming on. And it's like, okay, here's a new intro. I was like, interesting uh and all mm -hmm. these like little like bits and clips of like oh here's a new set here's some new kids like he's looking a little different here and it's like whoa it's like at that age i'm like whoa what's happening like oh this looks kind of fresh like i'm liking yeah. this so far and then it's that pan of this new set until we get to like the end where the i'm like oh my gosh like where are we i was like this is pretty interesting and then mm -hmm. he comes to life and we hear dean for the first time and mm -hmm. Again, I don't think I really saw much of that. I didn't see much of a difference there, you know, because, and I think they did it in a good way. I think Tim mm -hmm. was pretty close to Bob as yeah. well as Duncan, that it wasn't too different. And then I think when Dean started, he started sounding a little close to where Tim left off, that it wasn't too off-putting, in my opinion. Yeah. And then... Be because then obviously Dean changed it over on, but I think he gradually did that to the point where it was just kind of natural at that point, mm -hmm. you know, and for as sure. a kid, you maybe thought it was different. Like, Oh, here's a season eight episode. And then next episode, we're going to show something from season four. It's like, okay, this is yeah. vastly different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, the earliest memory that I have of Dean went doing Barney was, uh, that we are family, like 
music video they did for PBS. Yes. Um, and he he had his own distinct Barney sound, but it still sounded kind of like you're saying with the inflection and things like that that Bob and Tim were doing um, before he yeah. came in. But I remember the one thing that I do remember being thrown off when it came to that voice was, um, I don't know if you remember this, but when they did Round and Round, Round and Round We Go, that home video, by the time oh, they yes, yes. that, right after it went off, they had that clip of him in the park and talking about safety rules with like the new kids. And that was Dean yes. Wynn's voice. And, I, and that's where I was like, what? Like, it was a whole new set, new kids, new voice. New, and I was like, what is going on? Um, and that's that's the one time that I do remember that I was kind of thrown off by the vastly different voice. Because you come from that video where it was Tim doing the voice the entire time. And then you have Dean Wynn with his complete own original voice. It really did throw you off as a kid. It was an odd place. And I don't even know why they did something like that. But it was very strange. Uh, cause I, I mean, I gotta check that release date, but like that, that tape was released in 2002. Like the, every, everything yeah. that we saw that Tim and Duncan did, all that was shot in 2000. Right. Like yep. late, late 99, 2000. So then it just kind of spread out. So we'd have something, cause it was a big hiatus between ending in 99, yeah. starting up in 2001, but we're not going to see that till the end of 2002. So mm -hmm. kind of having to spread all those tapes. So like there was still a new Barney thing every year. Um, for sure. And it looked like that was around the time they were filming like that bike episode. So yeah. yeah, thinking like, oh, we should add, you know, we're talking about bikes. We should talk about bike safety. Like, yeah, I guess that's why they did that. But that was very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another thing that I just realized we have in common, you said one of your, one thing that you remember is, or actually remember is buying the come on over to Barney's house, like seeing it in stores. Yes. That's the earliest memory I have. Of, of getting a, um, a Barney video from the store as well. Like my grandma would call me all the time and be like, hey, there's this Barney tape, is this new? And I could tell her like, yeah, that's a new one and she would buy it. Come on over to Barney's house. And I was actually at a family reunion out of state. That's the first time I remember seeing a Barney video that was new on the store shelf and buying it and right, taking right, it right. to the family's house and imitating it. So um, that's funny because that's, but I'm older than you. So I don't know why I don't remember I don't remember a lot of seeing Barney content in stores or anything. That's like the only thing mm -hmm. that and Christmas star were the only thing that I remember seeing at a store and buying um, through childhood. Yeah. That's, that's my earliest memory. And then seeing like, I mean, I just, it's like, I have so many tapes and part of me always just wants to remember how, like, when did I just see these and find those? Like they yeah. might've just been old or stuff that we just collected. And it's like the most memory I have is like, you know, seeing Barney on shelves, like in his, definitely his later years when it was mostly a lot of those clip shows they were oh, selling yeah. <laughs> or those those newer those newer toys when i think when riff came in it was kind of a new explosion for barney merch mm -hmm. for sure like that's so why I, I remember a lot of that happening but at that point i was kind of gearing away from barney and focusing more on becoming a puppeteer and watching more sesame stuff yeah so did you did you have a moment then that leads me right into this question did you have a moment where you where you did like grow out of Barney and kind of leave it behind for a while? Or was it always just kind of around for you? Um, just more on a back burner? I'd, yeah, I'd say more of a back burner. So definitely when, um, so I, I mentioned seasons four through six, but seasons seven and eight, they also have a, a place in my heart. Because, uh, you know, the writing was still pretty similar, you know, yeah. uh, and it was still, I was still at that young age that I could watch it. And then season nine, it, they kind of changed the format a little bit. And that sort of pushed me away. Um, sure. So 
not to the point where I stopped watching, but I just that was the first time when a Barney show would come on and it'd be that season that I would not watch it. Yeah, because I was like, I don't, I don't like the premise of these episodes, but I would still mm-hmm. watch it. And then it just kind of when Sesame stuff came into play, and I said I want to be a puppeteer. It kind of he kind of fell to the back burner, sure. and I focused more on Muppets and Jim Henson and all that stuff. And you know, at that time, that's when Riff was starting. Yeah. So I would, and I was like, I'm still keeping up with him because I'm like, oh, he's still on TV. Like, let me just see what he's up to. And then I think by like season 13, it kind of felt like it was coming back to what it was. I was like, okay, this is a pretty interesting season. I don't mind season 13, to be quite honest with you. It's weird, but I don't mind it yeah. too much. And then obviously yeah. season 14 was like recycled stuff. And that's when I was, that's when Barney kind of did die away. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm done with him. Now and I'll focus on my other thing. And I don't. And Barney really didn't come back for me until the pandemic. Oh yeah. Um. So um. Brief little history here. So uh, my buddy uh, Sebastian Ricci, who's another puppeteer, and he's a mega Barney fan. We we realized we were separated at birth in terms of Barney stuff that we had, Blues Clues, Blues Clues, Sesame, all that stuff. Um. And and that kind of led us to the same path where we are now. Um, I remember he was like, he found like a, I forgot what it was. It was like a listing of like the old, like Barney binder. It was like, you know, it was like Irene Corey's oh, design, yeah. Irene Corey's designs and stuff like that. And I remember he like started a group chat and he sent it. He was like, who do I know who likes Barney? He remembered meeting me in 2018 at a puppeteer workshop. And he like mm-hmm. added me, Bradley Freeman, uh, Mark Tourette, who, you know, cause he writes yeah. for your show. Um, and then one of the, uh, Sedwan Hooks, who's another mega Barney fan. Um, and then we just kind of all collabed in terms of, we like Barney and like wanting to find out where this binder is and where all this interesting stuff is, you know, all this interesting Barney stuff. And then, so before there was history fans and before there was, I think before this, there was even plush fans, we started a group called retro collectors. And, and, uh, that was just to kind of help us find the binder, but also show like maybe cool stuff we had cool stuff that we knew some other people had. And that kind of, I think, sparked that Barney Facebook interest. Yeah. And then and then plush fans came after that. And then that kind of sparked history fans. So it wasn't, yeah, then this whole renaissance that happened over social media, that's when Barney kind of fell back in my lap again. And I kind of rediscovered him in a different way. That's so strange because I didn't, I didn't, rec- or I didn't realize retro fans was, or retro collectors was around. Um, until like I think last year, for some reason, there there was always like the very beginning of Facebook. There was the Barney um, fan club page uh, yes. that we had, and that was there because we all kind of migrated from YouTube to Facebook. But I didn't know that retro collectors even exist, and I was going to ask you about that here later on. But we could talk about it now. I didn't know that they sure. that it, it existed before um, before plush fans and history fans and all that was around, um, which is really really cool history for that. When you where are you guys sitting at now as far as um I because I'm a part of that group, but what how how many members are you sitting at now that's a part of that group? Oh my gosh. Uh I have to check because I'm not as good as keeping up with these with these groups, you know. Uh yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna look it up as we're talking just so I can give you a, a good answer, but I'll talk while I'm doing this. Uh cool. Yeah, that that's I wanna I wanna say that started maybe like around like late 2020 okay or so because that's kind of when we started talking to each other uh me and special uh it looks like we have uh 1.9k right now nice uh so yeah we're both the uh the admins of that of that group and i 
think I forgot. And then it just kind of got sent around. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, it was a public group. So anybody could join it. Uh, you know, you had to yeah. do the whole thing of filling out questionnaires and stuff, but anybody could join it and just, you know, share their stuff that they had. It was mostly sharing stuff from backyard gang. Cause that's kind of the era that Sebastiano enjoys. But then it, it was like, you know, it's still retro if it's like from the nineties. So it was like, yeah. So then it just kind of expanded. Like, what do you have? What do you got? That's cool. And then yeah. I think somebody had sent it to, to Jess uh, Nelson um and so i think that kind of i think that also kind of showed him like oh people are interested in these dolls it's like yeah people are interested in the plushes yeah. uh and then other party yeah. fans found it and then then it's kind of exploded so we're we're kind of sitting in the back in terms of party groups but uh yeah we, we still yeah, have no, members you, you can still post whatever you find yeah and it's still a great group to have around um uh by the time this episode comes out hedges episode would be out by that point um and we talked about how many how there's other groups that exist right now on Facebook. Um, and it's like a, it's a great amount of, they, they're all vastly, they're all different. And actually um, John Phelps is someone else that I talked to. And we talked a little bit more in depth with it, with John, with, with John, but how right. there's these different Barney groups, history fans, plush fans, retro collectors. Um, John has uh, stupendous fanatics. Um, Hedge has started the, the art, like kind of Barney, like people showing off their Barney art. Um, replica there's like a replica uh group and these are all one common one common character which is barney but they're all different in their own unique ways too which just makes it yeah. a great like community of different groups and you can be in all these and get a little bit different of a of a barney experience than you would in one of the other ones which i think is great um so having your group around and then all these other ones it's just a great like melting pot of barney stuff that you can find whether it's rare items or people doing the artwork or you know history facts whatever it is um so it's really cool did you guys expect it to to pick up and become this thing when you guys created it or uh did you think that it was just going to be this kind of little small kind of group that just existed for you guys kind of thing um i think i think seeing the uh seeing how many people were like involved in like like you said there was only fan club uh on facebook at the time so i think we expected maybe okay all of them will join and you know hope and i think we were hoping on you know maybe cast and crew would find it you know give us some intel and like you know maybe where stuff is or you know like what did what did they keep and all that stuff so we did not expect it to go the way it did and we also didn't expect like you know you know the other groups, like I said, Jess starting his and then, you know, that kind yeah. of blowing up and finding more stories from him. And then, you know, history fans where everything really kind of blew up mm-hmm. uh, to like now, this, you know, some of some of the people in history fans, you know, helping out with the documentary that came out. For sure. Um, you know, now we have the website that's up. Uh, it's so crazy. Yeah, you know, and and I, and I and I love hearing the fact that you know cast and crew are finding us and realizing like, oh my gosh, like people really care about this stuff. Yeah. That's and I, I think that's what's great about it too. And I've said that before too is like, um, th- these cast and crew members they care probably a little bit more, if not just as much as we care about this show and this franchise and this character. Um, and you can see that in the way that they inter- like they're one of the only communities where the people who worked on this show interact with the fans um, of that show on social media. Right. There's not a lot of people that you can talk to on a show that you really love and enjoy who will take time and right. respond to you when they have a moment like Bob does, like yeah. Jess does, Steve. Um, so, yeah, right. it's really it's really cool to have that experience. Um, 
and I I never dreamed or ever thought that would be a day where I could call these people my friends or like I can write a comment to them and then respond kind of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's become this this amazing thing that we that we have, which is just it just solidifies even more I think our connection to this character that has been around from as as long as we can remember, right? Um, yeah. When we you did the the voice earlier, the Barney voice, um, how long you said you were doing it as a kid, so you were imitating and being able to do the voice. How do you keep it? Has it just always kind of just stayed with you, or do you do you practice? Do you find yourself practicing the voice? You're a puppeteer, so I know that you have different voices and different uh, levels and things like that that you play around with. Does that come in handy when it when it's time to imitate a character like Barney's voice? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, when I was doing it as a kid, it sounded nothing like him because, you know, puberty hadn't struck yet. Uh, <laughs> it was hard to do many voices. But yeah, you know, over time, I think because I was just so used to hearing and I think when you get an ear for something, you're mm -hmm. kind of used to how it's how it should sound. Um, and, you know, I just love imitating characters. And, and with Barney, I find it really fun because there's there's multiple Barneys. Yeah, you know it spans it spans from you know Bob yes, but then there's like early Bob, there's like mm -hmm. midway through Bob, and then there's like how Bob finished. Yeah, so there's like three different ways to do Bob's voice, and then there's like Tim and Duncan and you know Dean. Like there's many iterations of Dean, mm -hmm. um, and I think that was another thing when I kind of joined the whole bar because I wasn't I knew of people in the Barney community, but I wasn't really a part of it because I was more focused on other things and. Sure. And so when people kind of found out who I was, I think it was when I got my suit yeah. <laughs> and I started doing TikTok video. I, well, my first one, and this, this will go into this story. So my first TikTok, I started TikTok during the pandemic, mostly to maybe probably do puppets on it. And also a bunch of puppeteers in the community said, you should try TikTok, it's fun. I was like, I, I didn't even do Vine when that was a thing. I was like, I don't feel like doing yeah. that. Um, and uh, so I did like maybe a couple of videos with puppets and then I had my Barney suit on. I was on FaceTime with my cousin who loves Barney and I wish her happy birthday. And I had a hoverboard yeah. and I had the head off and I had my phone on the floor and I'm like, oh, this looks funny. It looks like Barney's riding a hoverboard. Yeah. And I said, you know what, just for, you know, shits and giggles, I'll, you know, hop on it and just record. And then I just did like a little uh adr of me doing bob's voice saying oh look a hoverboard <laughs> i never thought i'd try one of these before <laughs> and surprisingly that went viral yeah and i think it was also due to mostly reading in the comments it was like people thinking i was the real barney because of the voice yeah. um and sorry bob if, if people are seeing <laughs> that i'm not i'm not you um so then that kind of blew up and then people like boltum and matt goldstein finding out about me and like me recording like people's Barney shows for them if they yeah. wanted like because you notice like people that like them who were doing Barney shows like oh they're taking bits and pieces from like tracks and trying to make a show yeah. out of it and then now people calling me saying can you record this 20 page script for me I'm like yeah. uh sure <laughs> yeah. yeah that kind of that kind of built me up in the community as oh he's the guy who can do every Barney voice right yeah Dude, so why? Uh, let's talk about the costume for a second. What was your reasoning for buying a Barney costume for you specifically? Was it just something just to have, or um, why did why did you end up going the route and getting a getting a Barney costume? Yeah, it was something to have. It was something to add to my like you know roster of characters. And at the time, 
like I said, this was during the pandemic. So to make side money, I was doing parties. <laughs> People who were yeah. still having parties at the time, you know, doing yeah. them with my little characters. I was like, I wonder how much traction Barney would get, you know, because he's not well known anymore. But, you know, it was like millennial parents that would like oh, hire sure. me, hire me to do. I remember it was one party I did. It was for this girl who she was uh, turning four and they were like, you can, I was like, I have Barney and I have like this famous, well-known Muppet character that everybody knows that I won't name because I don't do that anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they were like, she was like, you know, she'll probably respond to the Muppet character because it's more famous. But she's like, I love Barney and mm -hmm. I would love Barney to do this. And I said, okay. Um, and so I went and did that show. I come out dancing to the theme song and no kid knows who I am. Yeah. No kid really knows who this character is. And and this was, oh my gosh, I, I might tear up telling the story. Uh, so no kid really knew who I was. And, you know, they, they know, like, the song, If You're Happy and You Know It, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So, like, they're playing along to that. But, like, you know, nobody knows Knickerbocker. Nobody really yeah. knows Raindrops or, you know, those Barney songs. But, you know, as I get further into doing that, they're kind of picking up on it. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And also, in, like, corner of what i can see i also see the parents kind of like oh yeah i remember this i remember this song yeah and then like by the third verse of raindrops like all the kids are actually doing like uh, uh, and that's crazy yeah. to the point where i finally get to i love you no mm -hmm. kid has ever heard this song before but they feel like this is an inviting song and a caring song that most of them got out of their chairs and as i'm singing they're all hugging barney yeah they've never seen him never heard the song yet they feel like I feel like this character loves me and I love this character now. And so they're hugging me and, you know, I leave and they're all like waving goodbye and all that stuff. And the the mom who hired me called me. She said, thank you so much for, um, you know, coming to the party. I said, sure, sure, sure. And she said, I have a question. I was like, yes. She said, all the parents are calling me asking, Hey, where can we find Barney on television? Cause now every kid at that party wow. wants to go watch Barney. <laughs> wow. And at that point he's not on PBS or Sprout anymore. So like, where can we find Barney? I said, well, he's on Netflix or you can uh, get Tubi or whatever, you know, he's streaming on there, you know, find everything on YouTube. And it kind of started a little mini resurgence between those 12 kids at that party. Wow. You know what? That's, um, I kind of got chills when you talked about the, I love you part, because I've had that same experience. Um, I started doing, I bought my first Barney costume in like 2008 um, just as something to have for myself also. Um, but I started also doing birthday parties and I, my uncle had a store in the mall. So I would go do mall appearances and just be out in front of his store performing and things like that. And I'll wow. show you the mom and grandma told me, don't buy a Barney costume. They said, it's a, the worst investment you can do. You don't need a Barney costume. And for me, I was working at uh, the Omaha zoo. And so it was my first job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, it's like my money, so I can spend it if I want to kind of thing. And I did, and I had the ugliest costume, which is this one right here. Oh, oh. And he was like that bluish color, like, and just terrible, but it was Barney, right? I would put it on and kids still felt like it was Barney. I eventually upgraded to one that looks more like the, it's a full suit, like, I have the feet behind me. Right Yeah. Here. yeah oh, um, there it is. Yep. <laughs> during the pandemic, I started doing um, performances just out in public. And I started doing it for free because uh, one, I knew it was a licensed character, but two, a lot of the people that looked like me couldn't afford these kind of characters at their parties, just like I couldn't growing mm -hmm. up. And so I did it for free instead. That way a parent didn't have to say no because they couldn't afford whatever you know you were charging. Yeah. Right? So I, I, would do, I was doing free performances um, during COVID and I went to a daycare and it was the same thing. 
all these kids are four and younger. They have no idea who Barney is. But by the time I Love You came on, they were doing that same thing of just, they just feel, I think they, they just feel what that character brings through that music. And they just feel like they have to hug you kind of thing. Um, I had an experience when I was at the mall playing Barney. Uh, a parent came up to me and they were crying. And it was because their kid um, like said Barney's name. Um, but they were a, a kid who was supposed to be nonverbal. But that was the first time that they had heard them speak because of and it wasn't about me. It was about this thing that I'm inside of, right? This costume being this character. Um, and so I think that's a that's a testament to just like how important Barney is. A lot of people are like, well, Barney's not popular. Kids don't know Barney. But if you turn the show on or if, or if they meet this character, they're just drawn to it naturally like we were when we were younger. Um, and so yeah. uh, it's cool because I, I have that same kind of a same kind of a story. And it does kind of give you like it makes you almost teary eyed or like make you kind of get chills because it's just you can't explain enough of what that experience is like. You just have to be there and witness it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You can talk about it, but it's not the same as it is seeing these kids light up because they've seen, and this goes for any character. I start to witness this now with Mr. K too. Like these kids see these characters that they believe in on TV and then they see them in person and you just see their, their world light up. And it's like, it's a, it's a thing that you're on, you're honored to be able to have to do and experience. Um, at, in that moment. So yeah, it's really cool. Um yeah, and especially see, yeah, I, I would say question. the 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 parents too. I would say yeah. definitely cuz another another thing I do with him uh so every year on Halloween I would do uh have my puppets, I'd take a puppet stage and I have my puppets on my porch and I would be like, oh, cool. you know, saying hi to the kids and families as they walk by, you know, have them like take the candy out and when I got Barney for the first year I was like, let me see what happens if I take him out. Mm -hmm. And have him just stand there. And I think I like, you know, I decorated the whole like outside like Halloween -y and like I had my stereo and I'm just like playing the instrumentals from from the Halloween party video, like just yeah. on loop. And people were going, I, some kids did know who he was, uh, mm -hmm. but it was like mostly the parents and this, um, this dad who was like definitely in his, he was in his 30s, I would say. And you just hear him go like, and this, you could tell this guy was tired from walking his kids around all day. It's Halloween night. They're just trying to go to every house. And he's like, I don't want to be out here. Yeah. But he sees me like just waving at him like this. And he's like, I just hear him go, oh, my gosh, it's Barney. And he yeah. just totally freaked out. And then again, and sorry, no cop copyright again. But because I can do the voice, I'm talking mm -hmm. to people. And so the yeah. guy's already freaking out just seeing me. And then I say, hey. And he He's like, oh my god! He like he literally <laughs> thought it was real because I was talking to him. And, uh, this guy's like taller than me, and in, in, even in the suit, he's taller than me. And yeah, and, and the, I just wait by the kids like happy Halloween. He's like Barney, man. He's like I've loved you since I was a kid. He was like, he was like I saw you on stage once, and I was like, oh really? Where? And he's like, oh I saw you at uh at like Radio City like back in the nineties. I was like, whoa, that that show. <laughs> And he was like, and I was like, really, what happened? Like, Jeez. I just, I was, me, me as Barney is trying to get the history of this guy's story. And I'm like, oh, really, what happened? He was like, oh, man. I was like, he's like, yeah. I just remember this bad guy, like, took your, took your Barney bag away. And I was like, oh, he was at that show. I was like, that's yeah. crazy. And he's, and he's like, I just got to give wow. you a hug. So I was like, you know, it was like, oh, I was like, oh, man, that was such a weird moment. I did not expect that to happen. Somebody yeah. coming up to me that went to see Radio City. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's insane, dude. 
but that's good that's cool though because yeah you do like that's that's just what i was just talking about like you get to have that experience and yeah it's not just we're in this world now where barney isn't as hated or looked down on as he was even 10 years ago you know what i mean so like a lot of a lot of people are more open to sharing their love for barney or letting it be known that they that they appreciate this character that didn't necessarily do that back in the day um yeah so that's that's really cool experience because i've had a lot of those experiences too with adults and parents and them knowing the music and being reminded about their childhood but i've also had like when i first started in like 2008 with that costume dude i would stand outside i was outside of a store one time my grandma went inside and i don't know why i had this costume but i had it with me and so i was just outside of the store waving at traffic and like people were flicking me off because they just didn't like they were just upset of staying party like they were so, like so yeah, um and wow. now i can take barney out and everyone's like oh it's barney like it's a completely different um even people who don't really want to interact with you if you wave at them or something so like even if they give you like a slight like whatever like they still like acknowledge you that it didn't used to happen that way so um it's cool to be in the world that we're in now and that's what i'm interested about seeing what happens when it comes to this this refresh with this with this uh new reboot and if the show and whatever they do with it is its own thing but i i kind of like how we've noticed what we noticed with Barbie and how Mattel really pushed that. I can mm-hmm. see the top of next year being very purple, just like it was very pink this year. Um, <laughs> but I to see what the reaction and what the reception is going to be to have Barney back on shelves and in uh, like ads and things like that. And it's going to be, that's what I'm looking forward to when it comes to the reboot. How do you feel when it comes to, we have this new iteration. I call him Barney the third. We have this new iteration <laughs> of Barney. What is your what was your initial reaction when when this whole thing just randomly got got sprung upon us in, in back in February? Oh, you're gonna have to censor this episode. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I think like anyone else, I was a little. Cause I think that was again. I think a lot of us talked about this because there was always like these weird rumors for years and years about Barney reboot, Barney reboot, Barney reboot, yeah. and. All of us saying like, just please don't be animated. Just don't be animated. Not because animation is mm-hmm. bad, just because it's so out of. For seeing some, for seeing him like that for twenty years, or, or yeah. more than that at this point. But at that point, yeah. And then like now, it's like here's a completely new Barney. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it threw us all off. Like it did anybody. Uh, but from someone who also works in children's entertainment, you know everything has to change with the times, you know, whether we like it or not, you know, this, this Barney that we're getting, we've heard everyone say this, we've heard Bob say this, we've heard, you know, other people say this Barney that's coming is not ours. It is for the new kids that have not seen it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. feel free to show kids, like I hope kids still get to somewhat see the Barney that we enjoyed here and there, you know, you know, the YouTube channel still posting stuff pretty frequently recently, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully they're looking at that stuff, but, you know, this is a new Barney for them. You know, the way this sure. Barney is for them is the way our Barney was for us. You know, this was something that we hadn't seen that we're falling in love with. And this is something that its kids hadn't seen and hope they fall in love with. But in terms of the Barney name in general, I'll just be happy to hear kids saying Barney again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've been saying, too. For me, it's really about do they keep the core of this character? That's what's going to matter yes, to yes. me. Um, 
keeping who the character is, I could really care less if he's animated or live action. If he's the same Barney, um, I think that's what matters because that's what being educational and um, loving people and that kind of thing is what Barney is. Um, yeah, live action was great, but live action I don't think is what made Barney successful. It's what was what Barney was being taught and who he was as a character is what and the people that worked behind the scenes who who understood that and believed in it is what made it successful. So taking an animation, it could be just as successful. Um, maybe not as successful, but it could be a type of success on its own if they don't completely ignore this is this character who's established. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I'm waiting to kind of see what happens comes next. Because like if I show my daughter the new iteration of Barney. Same with the backyard gang. If I show her the blue dog, she recognizes it as Barney. There's no, there's not a moment of where she has to think about who it is. It's instantly Barney. So that's what I'm excited about too. Cause we've always talked about in the fan club, like uh, back when, especially when purple tails and those kind of things, when Carrie started doing the podcast, they always talked about, yeah. we need Barney today. We need Barney today. Blah, blah, blah Right now. Hopefully as, as long as everything goes to plan, We'll have a Barney today that hopefully these young kids will have a have a connection to, like we did with ours. Um, and like you yeah. said, um, and by the time this comes out, Jen, we would have entered uh, Jen's episode would have dropped as well. She also mm -hmm. made the same thing where our classic Barney is still there too. So you can still have it as an adult if that's your thing, but you can also still show that to your kids. It doesn't have to be solely just this new iteration. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just. I'm trying to remain optimistic about it. We'll see what happens uh, a year from now. Um, hopefully, all of our opinions on it were completely wrong, <laughs> but we'll see. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit. We'll go, jump off Barney just for a little bit, and let's talk about what sure. you do now um, and how you – we talked a little bit about how Barney kind of played a part into your introduction for wanting to be a performer. Um, mm -hmm. What was the path – to deciding, okay, maybe I don't want to be like my like myself as an actor, but the puppeteer route. What was that path like, and how did you get to where you are today? Um, and I guess how's that going right now for you? Sure. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I, I can talk about some things, uh, not a lot, because you know uh, there's, there's a strike happening. But uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I think uh, so. Puppets were always around me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I loved shows like Sesame, Bear. Um, between the Lions, Puzzle Place. I loved all those shows while Barney was going on. So, you know, if Barney wasn't on, I was watching a puppet show. Um, yeah. And so that kind of gave me the outlet to, you know, do voice. I love doing voices. And also the fact that with puppetry, you're not limited to just you. <clears throat> you know, you could, you could, I could play a cowboy in the morning and a piece of cheese in the afternoon. Like I could do just yeah. about anything playing puppets. And so I kind of just, you know, started finding whatever puppet I could, like whether it was at a toy store or something I had lying around and I would just, you know, practice doing this in front of a mirror, mm -hmm. uh, you know, watching anything from Jim Henson, studying people like Carol Spinney, Kevin Clash, all those guys. And I was doing that for about 10 years up until at that point. So my mother who works for Capital One, which is the big bank. Um, so the Muppets, this is when their ABC series was coming out. And this is like 2015, 2016. And they were doing commercials for Subway and NFL and all that stuff, but they were going to do one for Capital One. And at that point, it had gotten around the office that, you know, Lisa's son is a puppeteer and he's phenomenal. And so the guy who's like at the top of the, like basically the, the owner of the company, face of the company, Capital One, 
when he heard the Muppets were doing his commercial, the first thing he said was, my assistant has a son who's a great puppeteer. They have to meet him. Like, he just wanted wow. them to see me so bad. Um, but they were so crunched for time that they just didn't have time to do that. And I would have had to go to L.A. and I didn't have time to do that. So, uh, but they sent me, like, it was Steve Whitmire at the time and Eric Jacobson, Kermit and Piggy sent me, like, two autograph photos. And, like, they were wow. keeping my name in, they were keeping my name in mind. So they yeah. had, now, now they had my name. And so a couple years passed, this is 2016, and they were like, is there anything you want to do? I was like, well, I would really love to go to the Macy's Parade. You know, maybe I could get like a glimpse of the float, maybe meet the Sesame guys or whatever. And at that yeah. same year, the Muppets were going to open the parade that year, sing the big opening number. Okay. And so his his team got together and like got me a VIP meet and greet at that re- at their rehearsal to go meet all wow. the main Muppet guys, just me. Um, so I, that was my first time in New York and I went and met all of them. I had a puppet with me. Um, and they were like, you know, all our names, we're assuming you're a puppeteer. And I was like, yes, I am. And so they kind of, they, they let me put on a real Muppet and, and they let me try out the monitor and they were like, okay, like he's got some good voices. And then, uh, I exchanged emails with Matt Vogel, who was, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Kermit and Big Bird, but he's also the puppet captain at Sesame. So in charge of, you know, everything in terms of puppetry on set, you know, and he does a lot of workshops. And at that time, he had invited me. We're doing, we're starting a thing that's called the mentee program. Um, at that time, they were starting it. Um, so then, it was usually like five hundred applicants sent in videos to try to get into this workshop. Wow. And I was, and I was one of them chosen out of twenty people that were got to go do that. Um, wow! So I was just me in New York for three days, learning as much as I could about how the Muppets work. And then that progressed mm-hmm. to doing another workshop the next year. Um, and then I got my first audition uh, for our, a recast of a character. And then I got to audition for another show that was called Helpsters. Uh, another, I got to audition for other characters. And that they, so basically they just kept trying to bring me in in, in some capacity. Um, and then my first job was actually with the Muppets, the Disney Muppets. And I got to go do a parade at Disneyland for about two months at Christmas time. And that, was crazy you know doing i love performing live uh especially yeah. doing char- characters getting that initial reaction to things um you know i was doing barney at the time so you know doing that show but you know being this is the first time i've ever been to disneyland so this is crazy the first time i've been to disneyland i'm working <laughs> that's crazy yeah. and, and just to you know be on this float performing these characters that i love and all these people love and you know uh there was like garland wrapped around the top deck where i was sitting and i was able to like to poke a hole so i could you know see some stuff yeah, and just to like see all the way down Main Street is just full of people just cheering these characters on. Wow, it was it was breathtaking, and for that to be the first thing I did, it was insane. So, uh, and then after that, I started coming to do little YouTube videos for Sesame, and then the mentee program. Some people graduated, and then they brought new people in. And I'm one of those people, so now I'm a mentee at Sesame Street. Wow, um, and. I'll be approaching my second year of being involved with them. Or this is my second year. Yeah, so next March will be three years I've been with them. Gee, time rolls fast, man. And so it's it's weird, you know, being a kid that loved Barney that said, you know, I want to be on Barney. Not thinking Barney's a... I think also there's something weird. With Barney, I thought of him more real because yeah. he was more seen. 
I, I believed in Elmo and Kermit, but, you know, because they're hand puppets, you know, sometimes you'll often see a mistake of a head getting a shot. So yeah. as a kid, it's like, hmm, there's something else going on here with these characters. But Barney is more real. And Big Bird. So yeah. I was like, oh, if I want to be on Barney, I have to be a kid actor. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't I can't be Barney. He's he's real. But I was like, growing up wanting to be on Barney and then kind of shifting to now I work for his competitor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or he was in competition with them. He kind of blew them out of the water when he showed up on the scene. But, yeah. But yeah, that's what a lot of Barney history people, or a lot of Barney fans tell me, like, this is Brandon. He works for the Traders. <laughs> like, hey, hey, we're still going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, burn. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, he's getting a reboot. So Dude, that's... That goes. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see what happens there because, like, you have Mecha Builders now, which is going to be on the on the same network that this new thing is coming. So they're going to be in competition again. So I'm interested to see yeah. what happens. Oh, you know what? Yes, that is that that is interesting. Yeah. The fact that it's that Barney and Sesame are now going to inhabit the same network again. <laughs> yep, it's interesting. I'm, I, I, I want to see what happens there. Um, that that's a really fascinating story, though. Um, and you're one of very few people who get to have that experience grow up with these shows and now you get to work on a show like Sesame Street. Um I also wanted to be on Barney and I also thought oh I needed to be a kid actor. Um but then I wanted to be like in the costume. So I told this story yeah. before but um I don't think I've ever told you. I had the opportunity to audition to play Barney when they were doing Birthday Bash. Oh, also like okay. a year before that. Um yeah, that was in 2012 when they were they were, they were getting ready to do the the second leg of the tour. So they were recasting yes. some people for some of the roles. Um, and I was supposed to do a video submission. Um, and uh, there was a, a family emergency that I had that I missed the audition. So I didn't get a chance to audition to play Barney specifically. Um, but it was V Corporation. And so they they invited me to audition for Big Bird because they were doing a Sesame Street live show as well. Um, and at that yeah. time, that's I was like, nah, man, I only want to work on Barney. I don't want to do Sesame Street stuff. And so I didn't submit the audition. And so some days I'm like, man, I wonder where, where I would be now had I just went ahead and took the opportunity to do that. Um, but You'd probably be working with me. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, you know, it those those kind of paths in our lives lead us to where we are now. So like, I enjoy Mr. Case Clubhouse and doing that thing, and that's my own thing that I've created. Um, but I do yeah. wonder sometimes, like, man, because I uh, like, where would that have gotten? I also had the opportunity to audition for Barney um, at Universal Studios for Day in the Park uh, back nice. in 20, it was actually 2017. So right before they closed it during the pandemic um, and I couldn't make it out to Florida to do the, the in-person audition. So I missed that opportunity too. So like, it's like, uh, there's a lot of near misses that I, that I could have, I, I wish I would have been able to grab and, uh, and have on, but I like where I'm at now. So, you know, yeah. those kind of things happen and they kind of happen for a reason. So. I'm cool with it, that, but yeah, that show, to... that, that show at Universal, man, I'm so glad. Like that was, I forgot who said this, but they were like, Universal was like a time capsule for Barney. Yeah, it's like they really didn't change anything to that show, right? Uh, and I'm so upset. I I will say, I don't know how many of us are there, but I'm one of the few big Barney fans. I never met him. I never yeah. met the character. I I went to, I went to colorful, not colorful world. Sorry. I was I saw Musical Castle when it was originally touring, but I was wow. very young. I don't have any memory of it, <laughs> and that's also I think that's also probably where I first heard the Wiggles actually, because uh, they were they were 
they were there. I be- I believe the leg I went to, they were still that their intermission act. Gotcha. But yeah. that was that was the only time I ever saw Barney live, and I can't remember it. But I think my mom told me I was in fear because believe it or not, someone who <laughs> likes characters as much as I do, I was deathly afraid of yeah. characters. Just because you, you it's really? that thing you you don't you see them like you expect it like this like small. yeah. But then he's like that big, and also you know we were pretty close to the stage, so the stage is already high off the ground. Sure. So now he's just even taller. Yeah. And then like even doing things like ah uh, gosh, like I went to some theme parks as a kid. Like I went to King's Dominion, and that's when like Nickelodeon characters were running around. And you know I'm a big, I was a big Rugrats fan. I love the Rugrats, and I remember yeah. hearing the Rugrats music coming on, and I was like, oh the Rugrats, but they're playing that so the characters can walk out. And just seeing like these giant headed yeah. rugrats that are like so <laughs> stiff faced, and it's like it's so yeah. weird. It's like this is not, especially with the characters that are cartoons that usually aren't always depicted properly when they have to be made into mascots. It's like, yes. oh, this is so disgusting and it's so off putting. <laughs> I want to go home. And it's like they're just so blank faced. Barney, at least, was what we saw when he was live was what we saw on screen. So at least that was close. But it was just yeah, devastating. The fact that I love this character and the fact that he came out, I was crying because I'm scared of him. <laughs> That's hilarious. I um, I the only time I've ever I've never met Barney either. You know, in like the being able to hug him or that kind of thing. I saw him live, um, on the second leg of the birthday bash tour, because uh, mm-hmm. that by that time I was an adult, so I could pay for my own ticket. As a kid, <laughs> when like let's go tour and things came, my family couldn't afford to buy tickets to take us. To- we saw a lot of Sesame Street live though. Um, when they were touring a lot um, when I was younger, but we didn't yeah. get a chance to see Barney much. So birthday bash was a, I was an adult. So I took some daycare kids there and I told this story too. That show. Um, I forget that I've seen it because it was like, it's the worst live show that they ever had. Um, the, I like the re the remix music and that kind of thing. Cause I like hearing different, I'm a music guy. So I like hearing different takes on stuff, but I took a bunch of daycare right. kids and none of them cared. They weren't even scared about Barney. They didn't even care that the characters were on stage. Like that's how like mm-hmm. not important that show was to them. Uh, so that was kind of sad for me to see because I'm like, man, it's Barney. Like I would have been like having a field day, like seeing this as a kid. And those kids did not care at all. So, but that's the only time I've got I got to see him live. I wish I was able to see the the good like the big shows where sets were changing and things like that. But I didn't get yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm envious of anybody who's been even if you don't remember it, knowing that you were at least there and had like had that experience at that time is a it's a cool thing. I wish I would have had the, the opportunity for. That's what I'm looking forward to with the new show is they take it on tour. First of all, what does the tour look like? If it's like little dinosaurs with people behind them puppeteering them, I love puppeteers, Brandon, but I don't want to see like someone moving the mouth and stuff like this. So if it's something like that, I probably wouldn't wouldn't pay for it. But yeah, I uh, have to see. It's hard to tell now because yeah, that is happening with a lot of shows nowadays. Uh, yeah, you know they're they're taking them, and sometimes it, and sometimes it works. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I I would hope they would keep him more full bodied and not do the because I I enjoy that too in terms of being a puppeteer. But you know, it's also it is kind of off putting seeing somebody behind these these things. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool in like the sense of like um, Lion King um, and that kind of thing. I like how Sesame Street did that that show on Broadway. Was it last year? I think it was that they did, but they. It was the actual puppets, but they were like they did it like they do on t- on the TV show. You don't see them. Oh, the, puppets, you just see the, the musical, the new musical. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. that. I don't want to see. Like, 
Yeah, I don't want to see like um, Bluey with some guy walking behind him and like moving him and stuff. Like to me, that just it's like I don't I don't want to see that. So I hope they don't do that when it comes to Barney. But if he's a kid, anything could happen. You never really know. Yeah, we'll they they do that. Um, they do that to be very uh, sincere to the characters because you know you never you never especially with Muppets and Sesame are very specific that they never want puppeteers to be seen. Right. Uh, yeah. There's 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 some stuff that we've done. You know, like Sesame has done like you know live in like concert halls or like Muppets did like take the Hollywood Bowl. You know, yeah. they, they we filmed them and they were on these big screens on the side so people could watch the actual show, but you know, they could go to stage, you know, see us in full view, but we were doing it like we did the show. Like we're on the floor. Sure. We're saying it like I was there. I wasn't there. Uh, yeah. We're on the floor and we're rolling around. And same thing when, you know, when Bear, when Bear would tour, you know, they took mm-hmm. the big Bear out, but you know, and I loved how they did this because Bear, if you ever, I mean, sorry, this is a Barney podcast, but if you ever watched Bear in the Big yeah. Little House, you know, the, it's all trench, like it's all, the, the set is all raised. So it's all trenches. So yeah. they would cut out parts of the floor and puppeteers would get into it and they would like put little barriers so Bear wouldn't walk into them. And when they did the tour, they did the same thing. There was like little yeah. parts of the set that were like raised so like a character could get behind something and there were little like trap doors in the floor so you could like lift a flap up and Tutter could pop up and be his actual size next to Bear and not have yeah. a puppeteer on their knees like just kind of doing this. Yeah, man. And I, I like that. That's like the, that's where you kind of see the children's entertainment industry get a little bit lazy when they stop doing those things like because yeah we know they're puppets to a sense but they're also real to us it's like a mascot costume where you're not supposed to talk i mean when it comes to barney if you can do the voice it's a different thing but if it's just a regular person talking and that voice is coming out of this character who's supposed to be barney or whoever then that that breaks the whole the whole like uh experience of this being the the, the character you know what i mean so I, for me, if I'm seeing these people, these puppeteers puppeteering on stage with the characters, it's hard to block them out and just see the characters and it just be the show. Um, yeah. But, you know, I appreciate the puppeteers, though, because I know how hard that work is. So it's nothing. It's not a down on those guys. It's, it, you know, it's I just I just te- myself don't prefer it. Um, yeah. We'll see. I understand. Anyway, um, on this podcast. The other thing that we do uh, for everyone is we always, when we invite guests on, we ask them to bring a Barney item or two, sometimes it's three, depending on the person, um, that just kind of means a little bit more to you than maybe some of the other items that you own. Um, Can you show us what item or items that you have with you today and just explain why you chose those specific things? Sure. I'll show a couple. Most of them I kind of put up here, but uh, so... I'll show a really cool thing that, like, you know, means a lot to me to have, you know, this. I don't know if anybody recognizes this. So this is a piece of original fleece from Miss Um, that that I got from a puppeteer friend of mine who works with uh, Jim Krupa. And Jim Krupa built uh, Miss Scooter and Booker T. So he still had a bunch of scraps of Miss Like, He he doesn't have the puppets anymore. Uh, I think think Hit Mattel may, may have kept those. Um, but, uh, so yeah, this, this is just really nice wow. to have and because being a puppet lover and being a Barney lover, um, my Dakin, um, this is, I got this later in life, but this is just very special to me because as a kid mm-hmm. wanting a Barney doll that was on screen so bad yeah. and this being the closest I could get to that, not a, a season four through six doll, but you know, this little guy, I look, 
I love have I love having him. Uh, I had like I had like the bootleg version that had like a bow tie on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that 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 wasn't that wasn't good. Uh, this this thing I got this year. So this was a signed photo I got from Bob on his uh, oh, Streamly. Let me get that glare out of it. But this is this means a lot to me to have because Bob has become you know a good friend of mine now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I remember my sister had got a cameo for me from him like when i was still like auditioning for stuff and he she told him i was a puppeteer and, you know when bob does these cameo calls he'll like really go on a tangent and have like a real like discussion with you uh, yeah. <laughs> so him just saying you know he was very impressed that uh you know about me wanting to be a puppeteer me getting auditions for sesame uh you know kind of just talking me up and have like the voice of barney like congratulating me on on trying to pursue what i'm enjoying and then when we found each other later because of yeah. the groups on Facebook and he's like, oh, you're the same, you're the same brand as and him finding out now that I have employment, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, just had a very sincere, you know, things to say to me. So, you know, I, I absolutely love Bob and it's been great getting to, you know, have little conversations with him when I can. For sure. Um, and then the last thing here. So this is just the guy I cared this this one I, I had like so many Barney dolls like sometimes I would choose which one I'm taking out with me when I'd go somewhere uh, but this guy I took probably absolutely and he's been through like you know hell and back you know there's like little marks on his tail here from when like uh my cousins who didn't like Barney they took him away from me and they tried to set him on fire uh but I oh, saved him I had a lot of Barneys destroyed from by older cousins because they didn't like him so I'm missing some Barneys that got like decapitated or uh burned or like flushed away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wow. very it's very sad. But uh and most and most and most other Barneys I had, uh, you know, I gave away to like new cousins that were being born or, you know, nieces and nephews and mm. things like that. So nice so, yeah, man. This this guy is very, very special to me. Dope man. Those are those are all really, really good. That's my favorite part of like the podcast, aside from the experiences and the history of everybody's backstories, but just seeing the different memories that these these items have for people is always exciting so those are those are all really cool man um glad you get to have that experience with bob also because that's it's almost like a surreal thing um to have someone like that congratulate you because that's the same way i feel with the show like we have well bob's a fan of the show fred holmes steve white these guys um and even like this podcast dennis dennis DeShazer reached out uh a couple weeks ago to uh, Andrew to compliment him or us on this podcast and that kind of thing. So like those things oh. are kind of, yeah, it's surreal to have that, that experience, but like, we're grateful for that. Um, and I'm glad that you get to have that friendship with Bob. Uh, Cause that's something that um, you do kind of hold that near and dear to you, but it also shows, you know, how talented you are and like people are recognizing you and um, you deserve that as well. So uh, yeah. Th- yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, the, before we close it out here, my last question I kind of always ask everybody, um, and it's just also personal to you, um, so however you want to answer this, obviously, but why Barney? Why do you think Barney has been such an important piece in your life um, still to this moment? Who? He, he got me ready for a life that I wasn't expecting to have. Mm-hmm. You know, who knew that watching Barney in my basement, doing the voice, dancing, singing along to it would lead to the best career I could ever ask for. Um, 
and you know it's funny that you know talking to anybody in my family now ask anybody you know do you think did you think brandon would be doing this like oh yes we hadn't we did not see brandon having a desk job or working in an office we're like yeah. he's going to be doing something very creative and you know i always say my two biggest inspirations were jim jim henson mm -hmm. and barney and i think without barney in my life i would not be who i am right now you know taught me about performing but also just taught me to believe in myself mm -hmm. um and i hope that in some way this new barney does that for somebody else so for, for, sure. some, for some other shy kid out there it's like i have all this energy that i don't feel comfortable bringing out as myself and how do i do it and hopefully finding that through barney definitely perfect man i don't think there's a better way to end this podcast um so we'll just end it right there thank you again brandon so much for uh agreeing to do this uh thank you thank you for being a friend yeah it's been a lot of fun man um shameless plug catch brandon on on mr k's clubhouse in january um <laughs> uh but yeah it's been it's just been a lot of fun so thank you for taking the time to do this for us i really appreciate it um no problem for uh, everyone in Barney History fans, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spots of Love. If you haven't already, fill out the Google form. It's linked to the website now, so you can go to BarneyHistoryFans.com. Uh, put your name in the hat if you'd like to be on the podcast. And um, who knows, one day maybe we'll see you here in your spot of love. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye! <laughs>